Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Wow, wow. Hello, America. This is Dr. Dave Young, and welcome to Conversations with Dave Young. I want to say hi, and we've got some really, really special guests uh, in, in the studio tonight. But before we get started, before any of the mayhem begins, let me address what this is about. You know, I did a show a couple of weeks ago. Um, now, and the show is about why do men or why is it there is a perception that all men cheat? Well, first of all, ladies, I can comfort you. There's nothing further from the truth. All men do not cheat. As a matter of fact, believe it or not, over 60% of men don't cheat. But for those brothers that do, we definitely are going to examine that. We're going to look at the cause and effect relationships, but more than anything else, we're going to actually put this thing really where it needs to be, and that's out in an open form because if a man is cheating, he can't do that alone. So let me kind of give you a little background on this. Mate poaching is a robust phenomenon, and it's not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, when women see an attractive male and, you know, they tend to be more interested in him when he's already taken. Now, why that is, hell, I do not know, but we have done a little homework, and one thing that I found in discussing with a few of my colleagues is that almost 90% of single women were interested in a man who they believe was taken, while another 59% uh, wanted him uh, to be single. So that's that's really interesting. But the question is, why does that happen? And I think there may be a few answers to it, and I want you guys to call in and tell me what you think. But here's a few things that I think make a reasonable hypothesis. First of all, if a man is already taken, does he really give the impression that he's more experienced? Or is it possible that it seems that this guy's already uh, proven that he is able to commit? Or is it more of a desirable fact because some other woman has already pre-screened him? Could that have something to do with the fact that, you know, someone else's plate always looks tastier, you know? And if someone else wants him, after all, he must be worth wanting. But the truth is, there is no simple answer to this. As a matter of fact, there's some uh, traditional things that just really kind of blew my mind when I looked at this phenomenon. Now, those those things were, in fact, um, well, let's, let me just go to the simplest of facts. The first one is there is a thrill 
that some women and some men get out of just doing something that they know that they shouldn't. You know, as counterintuitive as this may seem, there's always this um, simple attraction to that which we should not have. You know, people, you know, some people assume that all women want to be married. Well, as a man with a lot of friends, and I mean platonic friends, that happen to be very attractive, very successful women, not all women want to be married. As a matter of fact, not all women want to be a mother, and even moreover, not all women want to be in even a committed relationship. That is a big foo-pah that a lot of us think. So could this have something to do with it? Could it be that some women just want to be in a relationship with someone that doesn't come with the burden? You know, let's face it. If you know when you go into this relationship, if the guy is cheating with you, you know honesty and trust cannot be on the top of your list nor can respect or availability or spending holidays or family time together. As a matter of fact, you even being his first priority is not going to be on the list. So why do people do it? Here's why some people do it. It's simply because some single women want a relationship with a man that is married or in a relationship because they just want the breathing room or it's, they don't want to be accountable to some guy, so if he's already accountable to somebody else, how could he ask you, what are you doing, and who is this male friend, or are you still dealing with a past lover? There's no way that he's positioned to have a say-so in your life, especially when you know he doesn't have a right to. Now, the other thing is that lusty sex is often sometimes uh, going to seem more clandestine and more enticing. And having sex in a forbidden place, such as possibly that other woman's bed, can be a daring thrill or it can be full of lust and passion, and it's in a way that probably otherwise would not be possible. Likewise, having this risky sex and this titillating desire to get together knowing you only have so many minutes or so many hours before someone can catch you cheating in the next room or before uh, grabbing a quickie is all, or having a nice little encounter on the fly is always a big turn on or, or even more of that little sex. You know that sex in the parking lot, that sex in the office, and that sex in the car? All of those things are big turn-ons, and especially for those of us which happen to be about 20% of the population that like to be rule breakers or like to go against the edge, or some of us are just a bit naughty. Well, let's just take it another step further. There are women out there that have decided, I just am not going to trust a man, so here's the logic. If he has a wife at home and he's cheating with me, at least I know he's not cheating on me, and I know who he's cheating with. The sex is great. It's new. It's adventurous. There are no strings attached. But, you know, there's also that other woman, the woman that likes to compete, that really does not have an interest in this guy, but she just figures, you know what, uh, it does a mother load for boosting self-esteem and control, and if she knows that she's uh, hotter than her rival or that she feels superior to the wife in terms of having the goods that man wants, there's an ego validation there that is more than powerful. So, And then let's not forget the carnal aspect of this thing. When something is illicit, when it's forbidden, the sparks do fly. So with all of that said, 
there is one person that I know of that knows more about this subject than I ever will, and I have her on the air right now on my show, Miss Kiki Richardson, the author of the best-selling book, The Other Woman, Code of Conduct. How you doing, girl? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me. I do. I think I'm a little uncertain about what, when you said anybody, somebody that would know more than you would ever know. That's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, I'm going to tell you, the stuff that I have learned, it's more by association and talking to clients, but I, one thing I do want to do, your book has this myth associated with it that it's uh, that you're endorsing men having affairs and you're giving a play-by-play book to the other woman on how to deal with a married man. Tell us really what the book is about and tell us the good and the bad and let's take it from there. Okay, well, first of all, the book came about because I am a relationship coach and a lot of issues that I deal with with clients have to deal with infidelity. So with that being said, I noticed there was a trend of, of behaviors that were taking place, and I said, you know what, I need, to, I need to talk about this. I need to address it. Now, the book, The Other Woman, Code of Conduct, is not, I don't condone cheating. I am not condemning cheating. It's not my position to judge but I'm just basically making a commentary on the action. And basically the, the, the good part about this is is that you get a chance to examine if you are the other woman or you are the man because, the, you know, the, entitled, the entire title is the other woman code of conduct, what every other woman should know and men too. So it's not just about the, the woman who is the other woman. It's also for the man who may have somebody on the side. It gives you an opportunity to look at yourself without somebody actually pointing the finger at you so that you can look at your behavior and say, you know what, I'm really not cool with that, or you know what, I am. At least you're making an informed choice. But the bad part about it is there will always be some people who look at it and say, you know what, that's a good idea, let me try that. Wow. Okay, how about this? I've learned, and, and before I ever became the guy that I am today, um, I, let's just say that I had a, um, a passionate appreciation for the opposite sex, right? And when I look, <laughs> to look at my ex, and I look at what we're just going to call mate poachers, you know, whether they want the commitment or just sex, they come with a range of tactics, and these tactics range from dissing the current partner, meaning they say things like, you know, you deserve somebody better or, you know, somebody like me, or they start talking about their desirable qualities and comparing them to what the mate likes. Like, you know, she, that woman you got, I would never treat you like that. She is so cold and unfeeling, but you, over here, baby, I got none but love for you. Or the even worse, the bait-and-switch tactic where they do everything to get this guy's attention, and then they expect down the road, you know what, I'm going to get him. Tell me what you found out are the tactics that the other woman uses to actually get another woman's man. Well, here is what I have found. Typically in these situations where you have a woman who's on the side, and I'll break down a little bit further um, the different categories of the other woman, but typically what I have found is that it's not the woman most often who is after the man. It is the man who actually is speaking. And there's a grooming process that that man goes through in grooming that woman to be in there. 
often when you made reference to the fact that the man, the woman will say, well, I'll do better than her, or I, she doesn't do this and I do that, well, that's because he's already broken a rule that's in my book. He's already said something disparaging about his wife, which put her in a position of power to feel as if she could say something like that. Wow, that that's really deep. Now, I, I want to ask you a question, just jumping off from that. What is it that causes this attraction? Because it's it's the forbidden fruit. So when the guy, do you think it's the guy that's feeling like, you know what, it's everything I miss at home, or do you think it's just some men are just hoes and they can't help themselves? Well, I think it's a combination of things, depending on the person that you're you're talking about in their specific, you know, situation. But I have found in my research that oftentimes when the man is cheating, it has nothing to do um, with what's happening in his home. Everything could be perfect in his house. But if he has an inclination to step outside and, and lacks a certain self-control or uh, respect for the, the choice of monogamy that he has made with his wife, then that's when he will step outside. There are some men who just don't care. There are some men who were in relationships or marriages for reasons that they should not have been. I only, you know, I've been with her so long, it's about time I married her, or they had kids together and he felt like it was the right thing to do, but he wasn't ready to be in a marriage and didn't understand what it took, what type of commitment it takes to be in a marriage, you know, basically emotional immaturity. So there are a lot of things that factor into the equation why a man would or a woman, because, again, I don't want to make it seem like men are the only one that cheat, because men, you know, women cheat just as often as as, as uh, the men do. It's just that statistics show that we get caught 50% less. So it, it doesn't appear that we're cheating. We're just cheating, if you want to use the word better. We're cheating better. <laughs> well, I guess that just proved that old adage that women are smarter than men. Check this out. If you want to be part of this conversation, call us at 646-478-5610. That's 646-478-5610. If you're listening online, you can log on as easily by hitting your LinkedIn or your Facebook login. Just uh, just click on that thing to automatically log you in. Now, I've got to go back to this statement of, everything the man is missing at home. What I found in my research is that many men that cheat, uh, and you're right, a lot of guys are just whorish, you know, whoremongers. They just do it because women are the forbidden fruit and like a diabetic with a sweet tooth, they can't help but want another piece. But, but the thing I want to ask you is that is there something that the – if you're that the woman – and you have decided that, you know what, I'm just going to do this. Are there actually rules that a mistress should have? And, hey, before you guys write me any letters, I am not endorsing cheating. I'm not in any way doing that. But based on Kiki's book, there were some things in there that I found quite interesting, and that's why it's called the Other Woman Code of Conduct. If there's a such thing as a code of conduct, what is it? Well, yes, there, there, there are some things that women need to keep in mind or whoever the other person is on the side. Like I said, there are different categories. 
to what the what we would call the other what I called the other woman. It's not a hierarchy, meaning that somebody has you know uh, more power or authority in this man's life, but there are different types. And one would be basically a what you know, and I'll I'll use a slang for it, what we call a dip. And basically, that dip is somebody that was maybe just a one-time indiscretion. You know, maybe he was out with his friends, he was in Vegas, something happened, and you know. It was a one-time indiscretion, right? Then there mm-hmm. is what some people refer to as a side piece. That's somebody that he calls when he wants to have a good time, right? And then there is the mistress. That is somebody who is a long-term partner with this person, and they have a connection that is obviously more than just sexual, right? And so when you are in the mistress position and you have a long-term position in this man's life, there are some things that you should and should not do. One you should never, ever make contact with his family, his wife, or anybody close to that other side. Those worlds should never, ever, ever collide. But there's also something that he has a responsibility to do as well, as I alluded to earlier when I said he should never put her in a position of power. Never speak poorly about your wife to the other woman because you're giving her hope if she has some other intention down the line to do what you said, bait and switch. Wow. You know, I'll say this. It is so interesting to me because when someone is doing something that is contemptuous, something that is just downright screwed up, wrong, however we want to call it, there are there are rules even in doing wrong. And, and what I've found is that, you know, I'm looking at this show that I don't, maybe some of you have heard of it called Scandal. And it makes me sick to my stomach to watch it because the show is glorifying this uh, this very inappropriate relationship, and it's crossing so many lines. It's crossing the race line. It's crossing the theological line. It's crossing the moral line. What is it that if we're going to look at art imitating life, what is it about that strong, I support you, every time you see me, the sex is almost ripped the buttons off my clothes good. What is it about being that side piece that makes a woman end up passing and foregoing all of these eligible, decent guys to be with an idiot? Well, if she read my book and followed the rules, she wouldn't be doing that, right? <laughs> because he, her, the first thing is that she shouldn't get, like, we're going to fashion her against an Olivia Pope. One thing is you never get that emotionally attached to someone. We always want to stop the person before they get to the mistress position because once you're there, you're already invested emotionally to the point where you will then forsake anybody else and, you know, your focus is on this one man. Now, when that happens, those are situations where you need to now remove yourself from the situation because you have now put yourself in a dangerous situation. So, um, I know that for women who get that emotionally involved, all of the rest of the rules go out the window. If they feel jealous, they will contact the wife. They will do things like befriend the wife and, you know, things like that. So you have to be careful, and there's some little clues that I give in the book about how you know you have, you're approaching that line and when you've already crossed the line and what to do. Man. That's powerful. We're listening to Kiki Richardson, author of the book, The Other Woman, Code of Conduct. We're going to take about a 30-second break, and I'm going to come back with my next guest. Stay tuned. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. We'll be right back in about 30 seconds. 
Hi, D. Johnson. Yes, sir. Uh, you're there. It's good to hear your Hi. voice. How are you? I'm well, and yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, I know that you have written a book that would probably be considered the antithesis of the book that we just got through talking, uh, The Other Woman Code of Conduct. Your book, and from everything that I know about it and everything that I've heard about it, is about getting the love you deserve and learning how to become your husband's mistress. Talk about that. Let's hear a little bit about your views on this and your opinions. Um, I wrote the book uh, to encourage women, particularly wives, um, to use their God-given power as a woman. Adam was not complete until Eve came into his life. He knew he was missing something, and so God mm-hmm. gave him that missing element, and that was his wife. Um, and the things that I think sometimes women lose focus on um, is how powerful they really are. You never think about Barack and exclude Michelle. You never think about uh, Bill Clinton and exclude Hillary. So the women in these men's lives are just as important um, as the men themselves. And so I encourage wives particularly to own their power. There is no competition. You are the woman. You are the one um, with all of the power, with all of the ability to help him be whoever he is supposed to be, and you just have to step into that role. Okay, got to ask a question. Why do you think this other woman has absolutely no sympathy for the wife and no respect? What is it that causes a woman? Because what you're advocating is the first person. You know, this is first lady, uh, to borrow a church term. This is the woman that has had the kids, that's watching the clothes, that's helping pay the bills. Why is it that uh, do you think a woman can just say, you know what, I don't care about you. I'm going to get what I want to get, even if I have to get it out your backyard. I think it's for all the reasons that you mentioned in the previous segment. Sometimes it's just competition, good old-fashioned, can I do it? Um, Sometimes it's, you know, it's better than not having a man at all. Sometimes um, because it's an ego booster or it provides validation to the woman. Um, There are some women who have not been raised to, uh, know their value and know their worth, and so they will get into any kind of relationship with any type of person, and they just have um, no discretion. Um, and that's unfortunate, <laughs> but it actually happens. So what can a wife do? I mean, as a married woman, or not even a married woman, but just as a significant other, I want to take this thing and start bringing uh, bringing some advice to the table that's going to make sure uh, that's going to make sure that they don't become a victim about this. And, and I think the first thing I want to do, tell me your history and what made you write this book. Um, I wrote the book. I've been in a relationship with my husband for 13 years. We just celebrated our ninth year of marriage. Um, but we were constantly, you know, battling for control. I uh, filed for divorce twice. It was just a horrible situation. And uh, when I was shopping for an apartment to move in, I separated our bank accounts, the whole nine. God just told me, learn to become your husband's mistress. 
Well, hang and on, so hang I on. I got to go back. Hang on, D. I got to go back and ask you okay. what happened. You know, you. It's only between you and uh, you and I and all the folks that's listening. But I want to <laughs> know what did you do for you to go and say, you know what, I'm done. I've had it. And tell us the dirt, please. Well, we were always battling for control. You know, he's the oldest in his family. I'm the youngest in my family. So I want things done my way. He wants things done his way. Uh, in my opinion, he just didn't have it together the way I thought he had it together before I agreed to marry him. So I felt like I had gotten a, a raw deal. Um, well, wait, so, wait, back up. When you say okay. he didn't have it together, because i got a lot of, I've got, we've got uh, thousands of people that listen to this show. And they're uh-huh. saying, they they want to know what is it that the dude didn't have together because do you think that's part of what created the infidelity is that you married a dude that was just immature and not ready to have the responsibility of a wife and kids? What was what was going on? Uh, financially, um, it was not a good situation. You know, no financial responsibility that I could respect. Um, more so putting friends above family and relationships. Um, I can't speak to any infidelity because I didn't experience that. But just the overall what I thought a husband should be um, and, and, and could have been as my knight in shining armor and my prince charming, and I was just disappointed that it wasn't what I signed up for or what I thought I deserved. So when the uh, what about when it, I, I'm quite sure this probably happened. I'm not. I don't know. But I remember reading something. And correct me if I'm wrong. When another woman recognized your trash as her treasure, then what? Oh, I, I see where you're going. Okay, so he. Uh, well, that that came after God told me to learn to become His mistress because I was still on the fence. I was like, you know, he don't deserve a mistress. He ain't done enough. He ain't said enough, you know, to to deserve a mistress. And then one day um, I found out he actually told me that um, a woman at his job asked him to take her out to lunch. And she knew he was a married man because his finger is too big. He can't get his wedding ring off his fingers. She just didn't care. And so when that happened, it opened my eyes. It's like, okay, either I'm going to do this thing or I'm not. And if I keep uh, staying in the middle and lingering and procrastinating, I'm going to have a bigger issue on my hands. So that's what inspired me to go ahead and learn to become this, this mistress that I'm talking about. So if that hadn't happened, what it sounds like to me is that he would have just left dude alone. So he didn't really get any value to someone else saw some value in him? Because that sounds like the exact opposite of what Kiki is saying about, you know, why some of the women actually do hear this conversation about I'm not appreciated, you know, she doesn't see my value, she doesn't see my worth. Or in a, and nowadays, just being honest, you know that one-third of households, the women out-earn the men in some instances two to one, or even mm-hmm. three times to one, this woman is making 120 a year where the dude is making 40. So do you think that part of your prob- of what could have been a problem, or it may have been a problem and you just don't know it because he didn't tell you the whole story, but the, my question of you is, is the only reason you cared was because someone else saw what you had? Uh, that's what inspired me to move instead of lingering, procrastinating, and thinking I had more time to figure it out or decide if I wanted to do it. You know, and like you said, you know, someone else's uh, trash is someone else's treasure. And so 
you know, like I said, that provided the motivation that I needed to go ahead and get off of my tail and get this thing together. Wow. Okay, I've got to do this. Kiki, are you still on the line? All right. One if second. we can get, I can get her back on. Did you want her back on? Yes, definitely. Thank you, Julia. That's my producer, Julia. And without her, this show wouldn't be what it is. What I'm getting ready to ask Kiki is really, I want to hear right at this little point because this is where it all starts. You mm-hmm. typically have a wife that is fed up. She's tired, you know, she, it's put up or shut up time. She's on the fence, doesn't know if she wants this guy anymore. And then all of a sudden, here is this woman standing to the side saying, you know what, if you don't want him, I'll take him because what is trash to you is treasure to me. Kiki, speak to that for me. And it's so interesting because I actually said, mm-hmm, and I'm just type, typing away in the chat room because what I said was I prefaced it by saying a, a lot of times the wife will become the other woman in her own relationship. And it sounds like at that point, you know, what was happening was when you guys are in this situation, the situation that you had explained, it be, that's a fertile ground for the other woman's situation to grow in. Now, exactly. we don't know, you know, my question is, you know, why did he find it important to tell you that the other lady was interested in him? And it sounds like he was letting you know that he was entertaining that notion which would have then put you in a position to be the other woman in your own relationship. But because you decided to act in a different way, because most women don't listen when men tell them that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you not know, speaking for him and, and not assuming, you know, what his motivations were, but at that point um, he came to me because he knew that I was making moves. And whether he was entertaining the thought or whether he this was his attempt to, you know, Whatever, I don't know, but he decided to, to ask me the question. He said, do you think that Satan sets people up sometimes? Because it's mighty odd that all of a sudden, now that you're trying to leave, she's interested. Wait, let me ask you a question, D. And I know he's not around. I wish I could get him on the phone because I would really would prefer to ask him this. But <laughs> I'm I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. When a man typically tells you that another woman hollered at him, is interested in him, it's almost uh, like women in reversal. You're finding Mm -hmm. out something that's been going on. You're finding out something that typically has more history than what you're being told, and it's really a man's way of punching you without hitting you physically. Does that make sense to you? It absolutely does, and and I actually never considered that uh, point of view, but I absolutely agree with that. And and that was what I was saying when I said it's a fertile ground and why did he tell you that? Because it sounds to me when he says it's she you know, now all of a sudden people she's interested now that she knows that you're halfway out the door. It sounds as if there was a level of conversation that was had between the two of them where she felt comfortable enough to even ask him to take her out. And then Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? So that Absolutely. situations Absolutely. like that that happen, where well, we don't realize that we're actually putting the fertilizer in the situation. Great thing for and you I that you actually took you actually took yeah, the, the opposite you took the opposite direction of most women. Most women would not have taken the position that, and and to actually been proactive in saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to fight for my relationship. I'm going to fight for my man. I recognize that, you know, I have something here, and most women don't do that, and that's how they find themselves in the situation that they're in with their husbands being with someone else. They're not being proactive in their relationship. 
I'll be the first to admit that I planted, you know, bad seeds. And, you know, if they took root and they grew, then that's that's on me. However, you know, he's always responsible for his own choices. He's always responsible for his own life. And so I won't take the responsibility of any decision that he makes as a grown-up. Um, but I probably, you know, I, I will admit that, you know, if, if uh, the ground was fertile, I had something to do with it. However, if he chose to plant something, then that was all him. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely Okay, let's right. do this absolutely. real quick, ladies. I'm not interrupting you, but if you want to call in and participate in this conversation, call us at 646-478-5610, 646-478-5610. Now, I know we've gotten some emails and some text messages and some things like that that uh, definitely are short of being almost shocking, let alone controversial. Julia, you uh, told me earlier that someone emailed you and that uh, they did not want to come on the show and say it for whatever their reasons, but they did write you a letter. Would you share that with us, if you please? I will. Um, We had a few emails, but one was particularly moved by hearing the show, and she says, I was the wife and at one point even the side piece, as folks call it. I was unaware at the time he was married. Anyway, I just wanted to say at the time I was married, you couldn't tell me I wasn't doing everything right. Now that I'm divorced, it's been four years now that I've been single and had time to reflect on my issues. And I must say I was hell to live with, and he cheated every chance he had. No excuse for his cheating because he could have talked to me, but I wouldn't have talked to me either. I was hurt from past things, not relationships, but childhood hurts, and he could do nothing about it and I actually took it out on him. Those women he talked to about me would tell me things he would say, uh uh-oh, breaking uh, Kiki's code of conduct, but those women he talked to me about would tell me things he would say, and what he told them was the absolute truth about me. So all I'm saying is there are dogs out there, but we need to take responsibilities and listen to each other and stop blaming other women for doing what we are too selfish to do. Folks are human, and we gravitate towards what feels right, even if it's for a moment. Wow, I hey, just got I a. Uh, this is deep. Well, can let I me say this. I just got a message from a man, and I, I just want to say what the, the guy is saying. He's saying that if women would take care of their business to start with, men wouldn't cheat. Uh, first, I want to hear your opinion about that, D, and then after that, I'd like to hear your opinion about that, Kiki. Okay. Um, first, I want to speak to the, the letter, and that's exactly why I wrote "Becoming Your Husband's Mistress," um, and that speaks also to the to the gentleman. Um, women can do and should do everything that they're supposed to do. Be respectful, um, honor their mate uh, as the life partner. Uh, just bring everything that they can to the table. Be their their self. Keep them up. Keep themselves up physically and be open sexually and. All of those things that they can as a wife and life partner, everything that you want back, you need to give out. Um, Now, speaking to what the the gentleman is saying, you know, it's not about, well, if she was doing this, that could be part of it. But at the end of the day, there are two adults in this relationship, and if a man is having an issue with what's going on in his relationship, he has to be ready to constructively communicate to his woman any thoughts or ideas about anything that could make the relationship better. He can never give responsibility to the woman because at the end of the day, he is a grown-up who's made a grown-up decision to step outside of the relationship. 
did she plant some bad seeds? Possibly, but at, but you should come to her and let her know what she can do differently and how y'all can work on planting some seeds together so that there is no infidelity. Okay, Kiki, let me hear your side to this, and I want you to tell me from the other woman's side of the table, how is that a bunch of bull? Okay, first I have to, you know, I have to speak as a coach. You know, that's my first, the first, first and foremost thing. And the first thing I would say to this gentleman is, what you have done by making that statement is that you have now dropped accountability. You're giving all of the the power and the onus to the to the wife or the girlfriend and saying it's her fault that you went out and and behaved in a way that you may or may not should have behaved. Now, you just gave a reason, which is only an excuse in a fancy dress. Knock it off, man up and say, you know what? I actually would not have been inclined to do something if I had articulated my feelings to my wife or my girlfriend and told her what was going on with me. Don't blame her. Wow. Okay, now, I just got a hang on. I just got a message from a brother. Let me. I want to uh, read this because I just do not want this moment to slip by. Basically, the essence of what this man is saying is that he cheated once. And he's apologized. He's done everything in the world to try to make this thing not uh, not fail. But all his woman keeps doing is complaining and living in the past. And he's saying that she's creating a self-fulfilling prophecy, and he's tired of trying. But because of the kids, he's staying. But to keep his sanity, that's why he has a side piece. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me. Let me, let me, let me, let me. All I hear is excuses, excuses, excuses. And the first right. thing is by saying, the first thing is by saying is you, you're trying everything you can to fix it now. Why didn't you try everything that you could before you did that? That's the first thing. The second thing is that um, you're saying she, she's living in the past and she keeps bringing it up because she's not over it. Just because you're over it doesn't mean she's over it. And she doesn't have to get over it in your time. She has to get over it in her time. And the other thing also for the women who are in that situation who keep bringing it up, when you're in that situation, either you need to decide to either deal with it, which means that you need to take the L and suck it up and never talk about it again and move forward, you know, after you guys have come to the point where you're going to work it out. But you can't keep bringing it up and expecting it to heal. Can't keep ripping the scab off expecting it to heal. And then the last thing, I'm saying for the kids, I say to people all the time, and this is a situation where women – that are all the other women, these are all the things that as the other woman, this is stuff that we hear, the other woman would hear. And I'm just saying me as the other woman because that's where I'm positioning myself in this conversation, not that I am, so let me put that disclaimer out. <laughs> but these are the things that we hear during pillow talk. These are the things that we hear during the grooming process when you're trying to get us on your team so that we can now engage in this extramarital affair with you. Now, if my mind isn't right, I'm absolutely, or if I'm on board or I just don't care if you're married or not, this is all right, makes you right for the picking. All you have to do, man, is be accountable for your choices. You can't control what your wife does, but you can control what you do. And if you've done everything that you could possibly do to nurture, fix, you know, heal your relationship, and she's still not ready to move on, then you need to make the decision to do what you need to do because you're not staying for the kids because that's not a healthy environment. Wow. Hey, D, I've, uh, I asked a few of my fraternity brothers the question of why do men have a side piece? Why is it that um, instead of just manning up and saying, you know what, 
I don't I'm not happy. I don't want to be here anymore. You know, this thing is it's it's baked. It's a done deal. I'm going to go ahead and bounce. Why don't you leave? And why are you cheating? So I'm going to read what some of these guys wrote me, and I just would like first, uh, D, I want you to address this because you're writing a book. You've written a book that that's advocating you be his mistress, and and I think that that's a noble statement. It sounds like a wonderful thing in utopia, but in the real world, that's hard as hell. In the real world. There's always some water under the bridge. So a couple of things is, number one, the men, and all of them had almost the exact same answers, so I find this really, really interesting. But the first one, it says, you know what, she's not the same woman I married. She's let herself go, and all the things that I want from her, she's not giving me. She's not giving me the sex. As a matter of fact, she's got the kids sleeping in the bed with, uh, with us, and when I want something, she's either too tired, too busy, or too frustrated to do it. So when the man says, she's not the same woman I married, she's let herself go, what do you say to that? Um, people rarely change. She's the same person, but she has more responsibility. She has more things on her plate. Um, and so why don't you get in there and help her get some of those things off the plate so that she can try to meet your needs? And when you say that it sounds like a noble, you know, cause becoming your husband's mistress, um, but it's hard as hell, you're absolutely right. It is hard as hell because this book is my journey through that hell <laughs> and becoming um, what I'm supposed to be for him as the primary relationship. There is no room for the children in our bedroom. There is no room for, um, you know, extra classes here or this and that and the other because I am committed to becoming his mistress and doing everything that I can do. Now, why they don't just uh, leave in the first place, you know, like like the last guy said, you know, uh, I'm staying for the kids, so on and so forth. Um, but, again, he has to be mature enough to have a conversation with his wife about what to do next and how he can assist her so that she isn't so tired and overwhelmed. Um, but at the end of the day, again, it's his responsibility. Oh, hang and on. I just got a message saying that we have Mother Love listening to this show. Now, before we put on, let me just warn of those that are faint of heart. You know how your mama walks in and catches your butt doing something you shouldn't be doing or talking about something you shouldn't be doing? All of a sudden, now your ass is scared. Well, now is that time. Mother Love, welcome to the show. Are you there? Yes, Dr. D. I'm here. How are you? Oh, Lord, she took a breath before she said, Dr. D, we are in trouble. I want to hear your face on You know, my my biggest issue, first of all, ladies, I have enjoyed listening to you today. I've listened to this whole series on why men cheat. And for almost two and a half episodes I've heard, it's the woman's fault. It's what she didn't do. She let herself go. Her hygiene isn't that. She isn't what she was in the bed. But here's the deal. 75% of the women, because everybody's not right, 75% of the women, if you treat her like a queen, you will become a king. You will get what you want. What have you done to make her want to keep up herself? What have you allowed? D, I love you, not Dr. D.D., for saying get in there and help her. So she doesn't have as much on her, so that she can be the spontaneous, loving, sexy woman that you met. 
Oh, by the way, are you the loving, sexy man that she met? Are you still <laughs> writing poetry? Are you still on dates and holding her hand and calling wait, her wait, those names? I got a text message right now from a guy. He's listening to the show, and he's texting me, and he says, I've paid for the car. I've paid for the house. She doesn't work. All she does is complain, complain, complain. I'm taking care of her. I'm taking care of her children she had by another man and her mother. So now what? That may not wow. be enough. You know, seventy-five percent. Everybody's not right. Okay, here's here's something. No, no. Let Mother Love finish this because let I me want to one way to work this out from the beginning is to start right in the beginning. And for mm-hmm. me, the bottom line is, first, start with the right people. What Make sure you have the right value systems. Make sure your communication happens before you ever get there. And I'm sorry, the man, nobody can make any adult Human being do anything they don't want to do. Wow. Well, I don't care how you're... enticing it is. I don't right. care how good it is. Right. I choose to take the high road. I know y'all have they have self control. Just choose not to use it. That's because right. wow, that's wow, that's the love, everybody. <laughs> And for all you men that are listening, uh, these opinions are that of everyone on my show. And I must say, as a man, and I'm going to tell you this, it's easy to be grown, but to be a man is totally different. What You will reap what you sow, and as the head of your house, as the head goes, the tail follows. And what I mean by that, fellas, is that, in the, and I'm going to say this in defense of some men and in condemnation of others. In defense of the men that are good men that are out there and you have a wife that no matter what you do, it's just not good enough. Well, I'm just going to tell you like this. Quit being a punk. You know, stand up and man up and if and let her know that you need something you're not getting because, uh, you know, if I throw a rock into a crowd, the dog it hits will holler. So throw mm. out there what it is you need, and that's what a good man. Now, for you sorry brothers, for you brothers that are in living in this delusion where you are saying, you know what, baby, we've been together for 15 and 20 years, and you're talking about the weight she gained, but you look like your ass is pregnant. Dude, come on now. Is that really fair? The second thing I want to say to some men, and, you know, guys, don't write me any letters. I'm just keeping it real. The way that you treat your mistress, if you treated your girl like that, you'd probably get different results. You know, you can't go wine and dine a woman that is only with you because you've got an approval code and a new car. This woman really doesn't like you, and if you lose that car and that job, that will pretty much be the evidence that I'm talking about. But this is the one, some more of the reasons I got from men, and I'm just going to run down them, and then we're going to go back and hit a couple. The first one was, she slept with someone, and I needed to take revenge. I would like for Kiki to first take that one because, Kiki, when you hear a man <laughs> say that his wife cheated on him, and that's like you said, he's talking about his relationship, but, again, that's a valid thing where the guy's like, you know what, she cheated on me, but if we break up, she's probably going to get the house and 1200 or 1500 a month and I'm going to get punished when she cheated on me, so it's cheaper to keep, and I'm just going to stay, but I'm going to start having it my way. What do you say to that, Kiki? 
Well, first of all, I would I would not hear a man say that. I would hear a guy say that. I would hear a male say that. A man won't say my wife cheated on me, so I cheated on her to get revenge. That's that wouldn't be the the dialogue that we would have. But what I would say that oftentimes in those situations, the other woman hears everything that the wife should hear because he's in a position with her that it's the intimacy without the intricacy. He doesn't have to deal with all the repercussions. So he's going to say everything that he needs to say to her because there, he, doesn't feel, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about being judged. He doesn't have to worry about being ridiculed. He doesn't have to worry about any of that. So that's where he goes for, quote, unquote, his safe space. And one of the things that I hear a lot from the other woman, what men are saying to them, is that a lot of their wives, when we're talking about the women are in the way, it's all the woman's fault, that kind of stuff, is that they'll say that he's tried everything, right? He's gotten her a nanny. He's gotten her a trainer. All of these things, but there are things where she will get in the way herself of allowing him to do that because she'll, she'll, I got this, I got this, I got this, and then in some way she emasculates him, and the other woman makes him feel like a man. Let me, hey, stop it right there. D, I've got to ask you that question. What if, what if just say the woman did cheat, just like what this guy just sent me in this message, and the woman did cheat, okay, what, how does this woman that went outside of her relationship, had sex with this other guy, how does she recover the ground, and how does she get back to ground zero with the person that she took the vows with? Well, I think it's no different than what a man would have to do. Uh, You have to help your spouse heal from the infidelity. So when the guy was talking about earlier, she's not over, she keeps living in the past, what are you doing to help her heal from it so that she's ready to move on? A lot of times people don't want to talk about it because it already happened, we already went through this, and, you know, the spouse still has questions because their self-esteem, their ego has been deflated and they are in a position feeling defeated. So they want to keep asking questions. What did I do wrong? What could I have done better? They need answers so they can rationalize and wrap their head around it so that they can try to move on from it. So you're going to have to help your spouse heal from that, um, and that may mean talking about it. That may mean seeking out um, counsel from you know, a professional. That may mean you know, having accountability. Whatever it is that the parameters that your spouse sets up, that are reasonable, you know, he shouldn't act like Hitler um, and just take advantage of it, but whatever parameters that your spouse needs so that the trust can be restored, that's what the the cheating spouse should be willing and able to do for that person. Okay, i got a question then, and this is something that when I was looking at an article in the Huffington Post, they were saying that, uh, and this is really crazy, but a lot of men had mistresses simply because they could afford them. And the tolerance level because of this was because the woman that was the wife did not want to leave this comfortable marriage, you know, the, the I guess the country club lifestyle, being able to go and hit Neiman's and Nordstrom's up and all of that. Do you think that women that allow a man to have a mistress, do you think they're crazy or do you think that they are just accepting a reality that's in that inevitable with some men? I think everybody has their own set of values, um, so it's hard to generalize what their motives are. Sometimes it's just self-preservation. You know, I enjoy this lifestyle, and I don't know what's going to happen if I give it up, so I'm just going to have to put up with it, or I'm staying myself for the kids' sake, or whatever their reasons are. Um, 
you know, it, it differs from person to person. Kiki, what do you think about that? I would have to agree with Dee on this one. It's it's no hard and fast rule as to why people do those types of things. But what I would say is that if you find yourself in that situation or you designed yourself into that situation, then you cannot play the victim and understand that you were a co-conspirator in that crime against your marriage. Wow. That is really something. In my opinion of this, gets really simple. Everybody sweetens their tea with a different amount of sugar. What is going to cause hypoglycemia to one person causes hyperglycemia to another. At the end of the day, though, if you go to either one of those extremes, it's bad. So uh, going into, I guess, this last segment of the show, I want to ask uh, you, Kiki, the difficult and ugly question. If there were three things that you were going to tell that woman, and, and I'm going to describe this woman, so please, audience, do not blame me for this, but this is just a reality because I just got another message where a woman said she prefers dating married men because mm-hmm. she doesn't have to deal with the baggage, she doesn't have to wash his clothes, and she doesn't have to take care of his kids, but the sex is good and she doesn't have a headache when she sends him home to his wife. Mm-hmm. That woman, what do you tell her? Uh, and I know what we all want to tell her, but, you know, I, what can you tell her that is actually going to in some way lessen the impact? And, and, again, America, I do not agree with this, but I'm just speaking what I'm getting in text messages and emails. What do you tell that woman, Kiki? That what would lessen thing? the impact of what? Uh, well, the three things that would lessen the impact of her She's already damaging a family, uh, choosing to do it. But like what she said, she doesn't have to wash his clothes. She doesn't have to put up with his stuff. And after and the sex is good and she sends him home to his wife. Wait, hang on. As she okay. And he's saying she's making his marriage better by sending him home to his wife. That is weird. But explain no, it's not. three things. That's not weird at all. That is not weird at okay, all. Okay, go ahead. I want to hear this. Here's the thing. In this particular situation, we are discussing a woman who I, which is, is actually a chapter in my book, right? <laughs> it's actually, you know, the intimacy, like I mentioned, intimacy without intricacy. She gets the best of both. She gets the best of it all and then gets to send the worst home back to him, back to the wife. But in a lot of situations, one of the things that I can say is that, and people get upset when I say it, a lot of times the mistress or the other woman does help another person's marriage, in a sense, because he comes back a little bit more relaxed. He might have left the house ready to choke her, but he left and went to this other woman's house, decompressed, came back with a new attitude, and better to deal with the situation. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying I agree with it or I don't agree with it. But in a lot of situations, this is what happens. This is what the man has to, that was cheating has said to me why he, he continues to go there, because she provides a space for him to be 100% him, without all the extra stuff, no responsibility, and this person is getting. So what I would say to her, the person who's in this situation, is to stay where she is. As long as she finds, like, here's the thing, if she's happy with where she is as a coach, I would have a different conversation as I would have with her as, you know, the person, the writer of this book. But if she's not getting engaged in his life and she's not catching emotions and wanting to be with him and saying, why do you have to be with her, come stay tonight with me, as long as she's waking him up, talking about, dude, you got to go. You know, 
she's within the parameters of being the other woman. That's her job to send him home to her wife. He says, wife. Okay, D, let me ask you a question. Based on what that sister said, dang it. And she, okay, and she says she makes six figures a year. She doesn't need anything from him. Mm-hmm. What do you say to this if that's your man? Do you being the wife that is doing, I'm going to be the mistress, but you've got the, this man has this side piece. And what do you say to all of that? To who? To her or to him? <laughs> well, I because guess if you could say something to her, because I'm sure he's not stupid enough to tell you, so what do you say? <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of things that could be said, but, you know, I don't know if it would fall on deaf ears because she already knows he's married, so I don't need to, to tell him, tell her that. She already knows she's breaking up a relationship, so I don't need to tell her that. Um, you know, maybe I need to talk to her woman to woman and say, you know, uh, what were your dreams as a little girl, and what makes you think I didn't have those same dreams, and what gives you the right to step in and feel and step on what I'm trying to build and, and uh, have in a relationship? Um, you know, it's really not a competition. You know, if, if you're that bad, you should be able to get a man um, that doesn't already have a commitment. That's well, what a real woman. argument is simply this. Her argument, and I'm just reading this again, what she's saying is, that the arguments go home at go on at his house. So mm-hmm. when he comes to her, he talks about it, and she takes the side of the wife from the inference that I'm getting from her dialogue. That she sides with the wife, calms him down, soothes him, and sends him back to his wife, and encourages him to stay with his family. But I guess you know the uh, I guess the side benefits are still happening there. Do you think this woman is being a pain in the butt, or do you think she's helping the wife? Here's the thing. <laughs> there used to be this thing, and then some some places it's outlawed. What it sounds like to me she's doing, she's providing a service of a sexual surrogate. And and basically that's a therapeutic thing that people do. She goes, she, she's She's doing everything that as a, as the as the other woman. He's he's breaking the rule having the other woman on the side. He should not be going over there telling her all these things for her to even have this much information about his life. She shouldn't know what his wife looked like. She shouldn't know her name. He shouldn't know how many kids he. You know what I mean? He shouldn't know that kind of information. So he's already in violation of the code. But since he's already violating the code, and she's going along and saying, "Hey, I don't want anything from you, but what I'm getting, and that's the most I want from you here." Woo 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 dust you off, gone back home about your way, you know, she's using him as a toy. She's not a victim in this relationship. And people are talking about, so always want to say, you know, why are you stepping in messing up his relationship? Nine times out of ten, she didn't step in. He probably brought her in. Again, this is a woman who says she makes her own money. She doesn't need anything from him. All she's taking from him is what she what she wants from him at this point. All I do is need the sex. She she does need something. She may not be verbalizing what that is. She may need companionship herself. It may not be financial. It may not be emotional. It may be just the sex because there's That's no one, you know. What she wants. So she, yeah, she, she, she needs she something wants. from him. Well, see, there's a difference between wants and a need. She might just want the sex from him. It may just be good. She might need, she might have, you see, here's the thing. A lot of women who are the other woman, they have more than one man to serve more purposes. Somebody is right. emotional, somebody's financial, somebody's sexual. There's always somebody for something. Now, if this guy is the guy who's filling the sexual void for her and that's what he's doing, then that's what she's going to keep him around for for as long as she can. Now, she's put herself okay, in a position of power. 
I've got to ask Kiki a question before we start wrapping this thing up. Kiki, in this uh, dynamic, there are really women out there, uh, and this came, uh, my producer just sent this to me, and she says, are there women out there who really just want sex, and is there a sexual void? Because I think sometimes sex is just a symptom of a greater issue, in my opinion, and often what if we really look at sex, Sex is us being transparent, and I mean fully transparent, clothes off in the bedroom, doing things that gratify us physically, uh, emotionally, and cognitively with someone that we can let our hair down with. But my question is, Kiki, why in the hell does that have to be with somebody else's man? Well, it's, it's because here, here's the thing. A lot of times people confuse sex and intimacy, right? Everything that you talked about, you know, you let your hair down, you being comfortable, you being totally transparent with this person, and you're doing all of these things. And a lot of times they're engaging in parabolic activities, right? And there's a level of intimacy. There are some people, it's like I call you up, you roll through, we handle our business, and you leave, right? Those are simply people who are handling something, a, a physical transaction. It has nothing to do with emotion. It has nothing to do with I, I, I want to spend time with you, let's go see a movie. That kind of thing, because as human beings, we are hard. Nobody has to teach us about how to actually have sex. We're taught about the emotion that's supposed to go along with sex. So when people have decided to make a conscious decision, this is not about the emotion, this is about sex, then, then that's fine. I don't think it's symptomatic of something else that's going Not always. Now, sometimes it can be, but not always. I wouldn't put a blanket across it and say, you know, that is something that's symptomatic of something deeper. Well, I had a lady tell me in in a conversation uh, just not too recently that men will marry a woman that they can't enjoy sex with, but they fulfill what they want to bring home the mother. And then the woman that's the side piece, that's the mistress, that's the uh, freak in the sheets, that that, that woman is the one that they can uh, call an call a woman's anatomy a P instead of a V. They can mm-hmm. do the things that... Uh, they wifey probably won't do, but here's what's getting me twisted in this, and, and I think both of you guys are the bookends on this. I'm the reason why I'm single and why I, I am waiting to make sure I marry the right woman is because I need both. I need a woman that when it comes down to having an intellectual, stimulating conversation, we can do that. But all the bad boy stuff, all the stuff that D. Bon Young, pre-being Dr. Young, the guy that was out in the streets, the wild boy that had the fun stuff and, you know, all of the all the things that really turned me on physically, I'm not willing to give that up. So in, uh, in two minutes, I would like for both of you to say, Girlfriend, this is what you need to do in order to be all of what that man needs to be. And I'm going to start with you, Dee. Well, and that's one of the points that I make in the book. You know, she may not be willing, but what are you doing to help her get to that level? You know, sometimes it's because they're uncomfortable, they haven't been taught, they haven't had those experiences. But the man, communicate that to her, help her, talk to her. You have to have an open conversation with her, um, and that's what being a mistress is all about. You know, put forth your best effort. You know, do something different. Do something spontaneous. The mistress is not the bore. The mistress is not um, ugly. The mistress is, is not concerned about the house and not concerned about meeting her man's needs, and that's why I say women. We have to learn to become 
your husband's mistress, that long-term thing. And the thing about it is, it's not that I'm saying that it's all me, but if I have to learn to be his mistress just so he'll meet my needs, then that's what I'm going to do. Well, D, D, hang on. i got to hit this real quick, okay? Uh, we're going to okay. run probably about five or seven, ten minutes over, Julia, but i got to hit this, D. Um, and I'm and this isn't me saying to you, D. That's bull. I'm saying that's bull to a lot of women. Cause here's what here's my point. Most women were that freaky little chick with somebody. So why, when they get to husband, fiance, significant other, even boyfriend, <laughs> they want to shut that down and become Mary Poppins? Because well, they weren't that. Mary Poppins when they were with dude. So why do they uh, allow that? Uh, reverse transformation to take place when they finally get to the right dude, somebody that wants to build something with them. Why do they hide that? Well, I think it's an error to assume that most women um, have had those experiences. Um, But to answer your question, there could be a variety of reasons why. It could be because she's uncomfortable with some of uh, the activities he's he's, um, talked to her about in his past experiences. In other words, she doesn't think that she measures up to um, his other experiences, so she's a little gun shy. She she doesn't think she's good enough. Um, she could be uncomfortable with him and and the way that um, he likes to have it. Um, she could be uncomfortable with herself. You know, there could be a variety of reasons why. Um, but I think it's a mistake to assume that most women have experiences with being a freak and then they shut it down when they get to the married uh, married life. And sometimes, you know, you just want to have it and get it over with because you're tired because you've done everything else for them. Wow. Okay, I've got to ask you this, and then I'm going to go to Kiki. Okay. Let me just ask one question real quick, and then I'm going to go to Kiki. Dee, I'm feeling you on that, and as and I know as a licensed clinician that, you know, I try, our backgrounds are very, very similar. But the question I have for you is do you think there is an element of shame or fear of having opening a can of worms where a man will ask you, well, damn, you know, you did what? Or where'd you learn that? Or you really like doing that? Well, how come I didn't know that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that can definitely play into uh, her being gun-shy. She doesn't want him to know how much of a freak she really is. But at the end of the day, if that's what he's saying he wants, then he needs to accept that maybe she learned that from somebody else. Whoa. Okay, Kiki, uh, I just got a comment in the chat room from Pan-African Radio. I want to give you guys a shout-out at Pan-African Radio. Uh, They said they get comfortable because they've got him, and this plays right again into your book. Do you think that the first lady, the significant other, wifey, do you think she's gotten to this place where she just takes having a man for granted and she's not competitive or, and in my practice, this is what I'm seeing a lot of, I'm finding that there is a, and, and I have a very significant practice and I've been in practice for years, I'm finding a lot of wives and girlfriends and fiancés are going out, they're having these little affairs you know, with pro athlete, guy that they work with, their doctor, their attorney, a neighbor, even a friend of their spouse. And they're going and having these little affairs, but they're not leaving the house. They're not 
uh, filing for divorce. They're not wanting to break up, and they're doing it because, um, in one instance, one lady told me she did it just because of boredom. Another one is because she really didn't know whether she wanted to be committed or not to or stay in a relationship. But the man has no clue that that woman that is saying, I love you, that's, that's sleeping with him every day, is one foot out. So now you got two people going outside trying to solve an internal problem. What What's your take on that, Kiki? Well, I mean, there are, there are, there are a lot of things that you actually brought up in that question. You know, um, the first one re- responding to Pan-African Radio um, is that they get comfortable because they got them. I think on some level we all get comfortable when we find a groove, that a niche that works for us. And sometimes we forget to actually do do the extra mile thing sometimes. I don't think it's a conscious overt action for most women when they get in that situation, but men also get comfortable in their relationships. They may not compliment her as much. They may not wine and dine her like they used to. So, I mean, it's it's a two-way street when it comes to that. But sometimes when you ask the question about using sex as, you know, I mean, you, it's not shutting down the sex and all that other stuff, and that's why they're getting comfortable. But some women use sex as a weapon in their relationship. Sometimes they use that as their bargaining chip, their incentive, and it backfires. Whenever you use a weapon, a gun, you need to know that there's an opportunity for it to backfire on you, and a lot of women find that that happens to them, you know, that they withhold, withhold sex but then they get upset when he goes to get it someplace else. You knew your man's sex drive when you got with him, right? And then if you take that away, where is he supposed to get it from? He's just supposed to bust, you know what I mean? And then the other wow. side to that, the other side to that too is, is that, oh, I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that. We have to take time as women, you know, to step up, constantly evolve our game as women. You cannot, you cannot be married to somebody, have kids, their kids, and then say, Oh, I'm concerned that he's gonna wonder where I learned this from. Absolutely. If you weren't doing, if you weren't doing that in the beginning, I mean, you could have read a book. Y'all need to try and do some other things to incorporate how to spice up your love life, so that he's not wondering where that came from. Show him that well, you're that, interested in some other things. That is a heck of a conversation, and you've been listening to conversations with Dr. D. Von Young. D. We're about to uh, go ahead and wrap the show. Where can people buy your book and where can they find you? Um, you can find me at facingforwardonline.org, facingforwardonline.org, and the books are available on Amazon.com, Becoming Your Husband's Mistress. Sounds great. And, Kiki, what about you? Absolutely. You can find me very simply at kikirichardson.com. You can purchase a copy of my book on kikirichardson.com, or you can also get it on barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com as well. And I'm also on Twitter, so follow me, um, kiki underscore richardson. All right, and this is Dr. D. Yvonne Young. You already know where you can find me at dyvonneyoung.com or Facebook or Twitter. Just Google me. You will find me. But the one thing I want to say before we go off air tonight is there is something greater than what you think that you have. You just have to look deep enough to find it. One person's trash is always another person's treasure. And last but not least, the opinions that are expressed on this show aren't necessarily my opinions, but in my view, they need to be heard. So I want to thank you, America, for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, and by the way, Julia, we are going to start doing a midweek show. Uh, When is that going to kick off? We are by popular demand on Wednesdays at lunchtime, so noon central time. 
we're going to start in June 5th. This Wednesday will be the first date. Sounds great. America, we love you. Thank you for listening, and have an awesome week. Bye-bye.